Topic number 38 of 20th Century Negro Literature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. 20th Century Negro Literature. Topic number 38 by W.R. Pettiford. How to Help the Negro to Help Himself. Reverend William R. Pettiford, D.D. It is difficult to present a life's record so as to furnish a correct estimate of the man in question. Particularly is this true if you attempt to give upon a page the account of a long life of active and useful service. Among the leaders in Christian work in the state of Alabama, Dr. W. R. Pettiford ranks very high, having but few, if any, superiors. As a businessman, he is unexcelled. Twelve years of unremitting toil and unbroken success in the banking business demonstrate the truth of this assertion. In presenting this sketch, we could not do better than quote from the Cyclopedia of the Colored Baptist of Alabama by Reverend C. O. Booth, D.D. Reverend W. R. Pettiford, D.D., son of William and Mathilda Pettiford, was born in Granville Country, North Carolina, January twentieth, 1849. He was, when a boy of an industrious turn of mind, working faithfully at whatever his hands found to do. At one time he was with a tanner, and at another time he was running his father's farm. At the age of twenty-one years he united with the Baptist Church of Roxborough, person country, North Carolina, and was immersed by the Reverend Ezekiel Horton of Salisbury. While he was serving this church as clerk, he told his mother the secret, which he greatly desired that she would not reveal, that he felt called to the gospel ministry. Brother Horton often put up at their home, hence soon got possession of the secret. Dr. Pettiford now says, When I was called into an examining council and learned that my secret was out, I was very much frightened, but the advice given upon this day has ever been helpful to me. At the commencement of Selma University, 1877-78, he joined Brother Woodsmall, becoming a member of the pioneer faculty of the school. It was here that he was seen as the patient, studious, industrious man, loved by tender youth and trusted by those of riper years. He was called to ordination by the Berrien Baptist Church, Marion, Alabama, and dedicating hands were laid upon his head in Marion, Alabama, in the midst of the conventional session held there in November 1880. After this, he severed his connection with Selma University to enter the pastorate in Union Springs. As teacher and financial agent, he made such a record that unprecedented prestige was given to his work at Union Springs, where, for two years, by his labor of love and sacrifice, he laid the foundation for permanent Christian work that shall stand throughout all time. For a brief period, Dr. Pettiford worked under joint appointment of the American Baptist Home Mission Society and the Home Mission Board at the Alabama Baptist State Convention as lecturer for ministers. In this capacity, he accomplished a great work. Many ministers today look back to those days when they sat in institutes conducted by him as the times of their greatest inspiration for mental and spiritual development. As president of the Alabama Penny Savings Bank, he has a repetition as extensive as the country of which he is a citizen. There is no city of importance where this bank has not done business. It has gained the reputation of being a safe business, having survived several panics to which many other similar institutions have succumbed. Dr. Pettiford has managed to find some time to write. He is the author of the following treatises. 
divinity in wedlock god's revenue system and the centenary all of which do him honor and his fellow man service but this sketch would be incomplete if it were closed without stating this truth that much of the doctor's success is rightly attributed to the sympathy and help of his life companion formerly miss della boyd to whom he was joined in bonds of wedlock november twenty second eighteen eighty three children have graced their home being systematically trained for usefulness in life since the emancipation of the negro in this country philanthropists have contributed largely to the establishment of schools and colleges for his education some of these institutions have been the means of affording the negro literary instruction and others have given him more practical benefits in industrial training these methods of helping a race that was necessarily groping in the darkness of illiteracy are not only commendable from the viewpoint of humanitarianism and sound philanthropy but it must be conceded that some such help was indispensable to any real advancement of the negro in the matter of education for all such assistance it can be said that the negro is truly appreciative and for the most part has earnestly striven to demonstrate his profound gratitude by eagerly taking hold of the opportunities thus afforded for his enlightenment the industrial schools hampton tuskegee and others have done much in a practical way for the negro in giving him a knowledge of traits a class of training that must prove of inestimable value to him in his endeavor to earn a living honestly and honorably that person who has been taught how to do something well who has been so equipped as to be able to do with skill what the world is willing to pay a desirable price for has been done and incalculable service and one for which society as well as the individual himself has occasion to feel grateful so generously have the negro's friends contributed towards his education and so marked are their continued efforts in this direction that it would appear somewhat bold for any one to offer a suggestion at this time looking to any additional contributions from this source for the purpose of materially advancing the masses of that race along other lines on the other hand when it is remembered with what avidity the beneficiaries of these funds have seized the opportunities offered and the splendid results so realized and when the further facts are borne in mind that the improvement of one class of the population never fails inured to the benefit of the entire community it may not after all require unusual temerity in one to venture upon the suggestions which are to follow in this article when it is noted too with what care discrimination and rare judgment such contributions have been directed in the effort to lift the negro out of his unfortunate condition and with what earnestness consistency and sincerity of purpose such aid has been given the conclusion is irresistible that any other needed help will come if the method suggested is shown to be practicable and gives promise of beneficial results while the school has wrought wonders for the negro as it has for all civilized races it cannot be hoped or expected that all desirable improvements in the development of a people can be accomplished through this agency all the virtues may be taught in the schoolroom but the students get only a theoretical idea of what is intended to be conveyed to his mind and necessarily so he has not yet learned to be practical and cannot until he is brought in contact with the actual and serious responsibilities of life see the real practical face of things as they actually exist he needs to learn the practical value of economy and thrift of constant industry and frugality if he would build on a certain safe foundation he must do so by honestly earning every dollar he can and wisely saving as much of it as his actual necessities will permit 
nothing so strongly encourages the spirit in the negro as a savings bank operated in his community by persons of his own race the powerful influence exerted in this direction by such institutions may be shown by some impressive figures which have been secured from reliable sources atlanta with no such institution to stimulate its colored population to save has only one thousand colored depositors in the associated banks of that city out of a total colored population of thirty thousand or one out of every thirty richmond with a thriving institution of this character has five thousand colored depositors out of a total colored population of forty five thousand or one out of every nine birmingham boasts of five thousand colored depositors four thousand of whom deposit with the bank with which the writer is connected out of a total colored population of twenty thousand or one out of every four these three thriving southern cities blessed with equal prosperity and promise furnished convincing proofs of the great power for good exerted by such institutions if atlanta which in the other respects equal either of these two cities were favored with the presence of a bank of the kind mentioned a much larger percentage of its colored population would be filled with the spirit of economy and the desire to save if such institutions are materially helpful to the negro if they tend to inculcate right principles and encourage habits of industry and frugality and if it be true that the uplifting of one class benefits the entire community it is not within the bounds of legitimate reasoning and fairly good common sense to suggest that it would be well to have these beneficial agencies established as far as possible in cities containing a large negro population taking care however that none is established until it becomes apparent in each instance that such an institution can be wisely safely and successfully conducted in the proposed community the writer has had a great many inquiries in the last few years for information and advice looking to the organization of savings banks by colored men but it has been noted that in nearly every case the element of doubt fear and backwardness developed when the promoters were brought face to face with the problem of how to begin such a business and conduct it successfully they found the problem a difficult one just as all problems are difficult until they are understood here then is where the wealthy friends of the negro this northern and southern philanthropist can be of invaluable help it would be well if a few such friends would become interested in the work of assisting in the establishment of such banks to be conducted by competent colored men in such cities as offer favorable conditions for institutions of the character mentioned they could form themselves into a board for the general supervision of the work and then engage the services of an experienced and thoroughly competent man to give personal attention to it this man should comprehend every detail of the banking business and he should be willing to meet and advise with those who are to have in hand the conduct of the institution and instruct them in all the details of its proper management before the doors are thrown open to the public he should then give daily attention to the operation of the bank for two or three months or until the officers are able to proceed safely without him by this time a similar work should await him in another locality he should however keep in constant communication with the president of the newly established bank and so arrange his engagements as to be able to return to it from time to time as the work elsewhere will permit in order that he may oversee the management and give such helpful counsel as the situation may demand with the right kind of men at the helm educated popular with their people and possessing unquestioned integrity it would not be unsafe at this stage to trust the management to their hands for a few days at a time after it has been ascertained that all departments of the business are being conducted intelligently and without friction 
so that instead of having only three of four communities in the country reaping the good results of such forceful agencies for the moral and material elevation of their citizens we will have at least a few more to assist in spreading the gospel of economy and thrift the expense attached to such an undertaking would be represented in the salary paid the organizer and perhaps a stenographer and the traveling and the other necessary expenses of both their services would not be required for a longer period than five years at most and the real good accomplished would be incalculable the plan is not impracticable the few savings banks now being operated by colored men had no such help they overcame the difficulties under which they necessarily began and they have succeeded admirably cannot others succeed as well especially after such difficulties are effectually removed new orleans memphis nashville louisville montgomery atlanta charleston and other cities offer fruitful fields for this work but let it be understood that such assistance as is here suggested should in no case be attempted until the citizens of a given community have first evinced a proper interest in the enterprise such interest indeed as would leave no doubt of their earnestness in the matter the only real danger in any instance or perhaps it may be better to say the chief danger lies in an unwise selection of a locality for the establishment of this kind of business but this question might be safely determined after proper investigation by those who furnish the funds lest there be persons in the north who not being altogether familiar with the conditions as they exist between the races in the south should doubt the wisdom of the undertaking because of a fear that the idea might meet with disfavor on part of the dominant race it may be well to suggest that the writer's personal experience in connection with the conduct of a similar institution for nearly twelve years in an extreme southern community has justified the opinion that the very reverse is true the bank referred to has enjoyed ever since its establishment the moral support and cordial good wishes of the white people of that section and the reason for this is apparent perhaps the true reason is nowhere more aptly and succinctly given than by the editor of the charleston news and courier who in commenting on an address delivered by mr booker t washington said the negro with a bank account with houses and lands with education in the practical things of life is a far better citizen and a safer and more desirable neighbor than the negro who is steeped in ignorance and who has really no part in the life of his country the wise progressive far-seeing citizens of the white race recognize and admit the influence for good exerted upon the colored population by banking institutions operated by members of that race and they welcome and encourage the establishment of them in any community it is hoped that some little grain of merit may be found in these suggestions there has been no desire in the preparation of this article to aspire to any literary effort that would not be possible in one who makes no pretensions in that direction it is submitted with the hope that the ideas here sought to be expressed may find favor with those who practice the doctrines of true philanthropy that class of americans who find genuine happiness in doing good wherever good can be done and who believe that no harm can come of helping the negro to help himself end of topic 38 end of 20th century negro literature or a cyclopedia of thought on the vital topics relating to the american negro